before I even knew about what goal setting was, I was actually fearful of it. It's because it's like the idea that you're writing it on a piece of paper and it's solidified that fear of disappointment or not making the end date or failing your own goal. Someone told me, do you realize this is paper? And I was like, yes. And she's like, do you know what you can do to paper? You could tear this up. You could rewrite it. You could erase it, make this new end date. You writing down your goals is not failure. And that was the moment I think my life changed with goal setting. And I think now with goal setting, I'm actually not afraid to write things down. I'm not afraid to manifest and put energy into the goals that I want. And the end dates, yes, it's great to have them, but it's also good to be super fluid. I think life in general, you never really know what's going to be thrown at you, whether or not you'll have control over it or not. It's okay to not have an end date. It's, it's good to know where your goals are and being able to shift them as they need, especially right now where there are a lot of unknowns. UC Health presents the Every Podcast. We're taking our signature wellness event, Every, which was created with the goal of providing inspiration for every woman and bringing that conversation to you via podcast. We'll speak with special guests and top experts on issues including things like insomnia, stress, children, relationships, sex, life changes, and really just trying to balance all of that. It's hosted by me, yours truly, Gloria Neal, former anchor, former reporter. I am also the director of public affairs in Denver, and we are here to help you live your best life physically as well as emotionally. So Julie's story of overcoming her fear of goal setting is a great one since it's a perfect example of both how to think about setting your goals and how to pivot and be flexible in working toward achieving them. So many times we set these unrealistic, I'm going to do this by the end of the month, knowing you are still taking little itty-bitty baby steps. My guest today is UC Health Research Nurse, Scientist, and Deputy Director of the CU Anschutz Center for Combat Research, Dr. Kathleen Flaherty. In addition, Brigadier General Flaherty is the Mobilization Assistant to the Command Surgeon, Air Mobility Command at Scott Air Force Base in Illinois. Wow. She's amazing. She is an experienced nurse practitioner and an emergency and critical care flight nurse. She has over 40 years of military service, and she's delivered hundreds of national and international talks, as well as published books and articles on many subjects, including compassion fatigue. Dr. Flaherty, thank you for joining us. Or as you said, call me Kathleen. That, Kathleen, is one heck of a list of accomplishments. <laughs> It is absolutely wonderful. So you were clearly the right person to talk to about goal setting since it looks like you have set and achieved a lot of goals. Now, here's what I'm curious about, though. If you ever had the same fear around goal setting that Julie expressed earlier. Sure. Well, it's it's normal, right? Because sometimes if you say your goals, you share your goals, and then you don't accomplish them, it can feel like a failure. But I always think, like she said, it's a working goal. It's something to look forward to, and it's a moving target. And sometimes those goals that you don't achieve open up other opportunities, so you never know. So does that go in line with the only thing that beats failure is trying, 
right? Doesn't mean that if you try and fail, it's better than not trying at all. Absolutely. You know, they say you're going to miss every one of the shots you don't take. And so for me, and I do a lot of mentoring of other people, and it's like, let somebody else say no. Put yourself out there. And if they say no, then some of it's outside your circle of control. And so I always think if I do my best, then my best should be good enough, and then be able to accept that. And that's a growth. You don't start out that way. It feels so overwhelming, those first failures. It definitely does. But what would you say, Kathleen, has motivated you throughout your life to accomplish so much? And I've been around the military, Army and Air Force, and I know that it takes a discipline. The Kathleen that we women, as we're talking, that's not the Kathleen that shows up at work because there's a different environment for the most part. Understanding what it's like to accomplish all of this and still be you, how do you convey that to people saying, I'm still Kathleen. I had a Australian general officer who said, all of you Americans, you're all alike, right? You just all blend together. They kept their personality in Australia. And I once had a leader who said, you know, Kathleen, your personality is part of what got you to where you are. Mm. So you need to keep that. That was such salient advice. Every place I've gone, you get the real deal. And I figure at this level, They invited me to the table, so I'm going to share my opinion with respect and dignity, but I'm going to share my opinion. I'm not a yes person. Sometimes that challenges others, but that's why I'm here. You know what? And I love that. You just got a friend for life, i.e. I should be on your Christmas card list because you just said it. I am not just in the room because somebody checked the box. She's the woman here. As they say, you do not want to be, what do we call it, like the person who is just in the room. You really want to contribute to that final product. Otherwise, why be in the room? Absolutely. I love how you think. Now, it clearly helps to be motivated by something you really believe in. And I'm sure that you believe in what you do all along the way learning. But inevitably, we always face challenges. It can be very, very hard to keep going when you feel overwhelmed and things are really not going your way. And I know you've had those days How did you manage that, Kathleen? What got you through? We all have those days that we feel like we're not good enough or not enough. I start with small and meaningful things, and I have changed the way that I view the world. And so now I consider my personal well-being in my definition of success. And so those days that I feel down, I think, oh, I need to do something that renews, re-energizes repassions me so that I can be that person I want to be. So when I find that I'm not being as kind or as patient or whatever, it's because I've failed to do things that nourish me. I start small with things like that. But then overall, you really just got to think about in the big scheme of things because it's really easy to get into the details. It is. And then just step back and think about the big picture. Yes, maybe today I wasn't motivated to do this or I didn't accomplish that, but tomorrow's a new day and I can re-attempt tomorrow. You know, that is so poignant. I mean, there are days where I didn't make it to the gym like I had said I was going to make it to the gym. And I can always tell it because I don't feel good in my spirit, not just in my physical being, but in my just overall mental health. And then I think, okay, Gloria, this is one day. But I will tell you, Kathleen, during the pandemic, there were many days. Oh, 
What? I mean, that depression, that stress, that anxiety, that what planet am I on was with us and me day after day. And you do begin to lose your way and fall out of some of those habits. Attainable goals are key. Being realistic with ourselves is key. That allows us to feel like we have control over our lives. So what are some of your favorite practices in accomplishing your goals? I think it's important to start with small, meaningful steps that don't overwhelm you. So instead of saying, I'm going to complete a PhD, I start with a class from the community college and those little steps, but they're small and attainable goal. So instead of saying, I'm going to run a marathon, I might say, I'm going to run a mile without stopping and then maybe a 5K and then eventually get to the marathon. And then it's really important to pick goals that you're passionate about, that inspire you. You're not doing it for anybody else. Because if it's doing it for somebody else, it's their goal, not yours. And so that's really one of the keys to achieving it. And then I always think it's easier to add than take something away. It's easier to say that I'm going to walk 15 minutes a day, five days a week, than say I'm giving up chocolate. So adding something rather than feeling like you're giving up something. So it's easier and better to obtain. Oh, I like that. And then I think it's important to share your goals with somebody you care about and to say, Gloria, I want you to help me with this. This is what I want to do, and I want you to hold me accountable and just check in with me. Be my cheerleader. Support me in this instead of adversarial or not telling anybody because you're more likely to achieve a goal if you share it with somebody than not. And then monitor your progress. And don't beat yourself up. You know, it's like my goal is I'm going to move my body five days a week. And that can be walking between meetings. That can be going to the gym, which like you, I need it, right? Mentally, physically, spiritually, I need. And for me, being outside in nature with people I care about, nothing renews me faster than that. Using those. For me, even little sticky notes, like a visual reminder. Love is a choice I make daily. Just reminds me to be the person I want to be, right? To the people around me who are important to me, to my kids and to my family and to my colleagues. I make this choice daily. I love that. Love is a choice I make daily. Once again, we come back to how important self-care is. You talk about nothing renews you like being out in nature with your loved ones. A lot of times I think about nature as it helps me put things in perspective because I am so small next to a mountain or a tree. And that person who worked my nerves, they are even smaller. (laughs) That helps me to put it in perspective when, in fact, I just am at my wit's end. So I think that was key to really developing the every event several years ago. And quite frankly, why we felt it was important to pivot this year to create a self-care podcast for women. And it could not have come at a better time on this side of coming out of a pandemic. But it still can be hard to balance your time when you're busy, when you're working from home, Mm -hmm. when you're trying to deal with kids, whether it's a pandemic or not. But what do you tell people about balancing that work-life balance? Because everybody's using the word, but not a whole bunch of people are practicing. I don't even call it balance anymore. I call it harmony because balance means everything's equal and it's rarely equal. And in today's challenging world, women are increasingly pulled in so many different directions. Who would have envisioned that you would have to serve in so many capacities? People are teaching their kids at home. They're multitasking. 
And as women, we typically take care of ourselves last. Mm-hmm. Everything else first, even to include the kids are tucked in bed, your partner might be watching TV, we're doing laundry. And if there's anything left over for us and we're not too exhausted, we might do something that nourishes us, but then we feel guilty about it. One is really, truly being able to change that mindset that if we do something for us, it's not selfish. It's actually, if I take care of me, I'm going to bring a better self to every relationship, every work environment, wherever I am, I'll bring a better me to that. So that's my best self to the people I love, I care for, and the people I lead. It's a journey to ability to change those perceptions, to be able to really say, I'm good enough. That's right. That's the hard part. But I don't know why it is, even from a little girl, and I tell my nieces and nephews, and also even with my husband, I say, you know, they're watching us. You are the first man in her life, as is her father, and I am the first woman. And when she looks at what we're doing, I mean, she calls me Mrs. Honey. Long story there, I'll tell you (laughs) later. But when she says, Mrs. Honey, what are we going to do today? And I'm thinking, okay, Mrs. Honey is going to get up and take some time for herself. So I'm teaching her how she should be really modeling modeling that behavior. I would always do the baby stuff first. I'd take care of everybody else first. And then I'm like, I'm so thirsty. I'm hungry as you're nursing. And then I watched my husband one day, and the baby was crying, and he went and got himself food first. (laughs) But then he said, you know what? If I'm hungry, I'm not going to be as patient with him. At the time, I still didn't understand it. I'm like, you take care of the baby. Right. <laughs> but in real life, I mean, it's like put your own mask on first. That's right. And women, that's not our nature. It isn't. And I swear I really want to break that model. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really do. I'm even thinking about Michelle Obama gave a perfect example where she was talking about the kids are crying or this one needed to be taken to that one and that one needs to be changed. And she said Barack walked in and said, yeah, I'm going to the gym. And when I get back, as he walked out the door, she said, wait a minute, this whole model is broken. I'll get back, I'll babysit the kids. And she said, these are your children. You are not babysitting your children. These are your children. You're staying here because I don't babysit. We're responsible adults. Absolutely. And to have a partner that understands this is what I need to renew, re-energize, repassion. And it took a while to figure that out. I would come home from work and then go right into all those things that we do as women. And then sometimes I would not bring my best self, and I'd recognize that. And I realized that if I didn't do something for me every three days, I would get less kind and resentful, and it's just not the person I wanted to be. So sometimes I would come home, and I'd give everybody love, and then just say, I need to take 20 minutes and go for a run. And they supported it, too, because they knew the person that I would bring back would be the person they want me to be. That's exactly right. Not scary mommy. Mm-hmm. You know what? Right, right. And we've all been there, I tell you. But just like Julie, who shared, she was not afraid of failing for her goals or really talking about the goals and failing at the goals. She didn't even want to set them pretty much in the first place because she was afraid of them. Do you have advice for women on how to reframe things so they're not setting themselves up for failure? Because here is the deal. If you do your best and fail, I know you say that is not failure, but so many times, Kathleen, aren't we our own worst critic? Oh, you know what? I don't really like how that looks or this doesn't look. We do that a lot with outfits. We do that a lot with clothing. As a woman, we beat ourselves up over the worst, simplest, itty-bitty things that no one would probably even recognize, but we do it because we expect so much of ourselves. 
So much of it is we're not compassionate to ourselves. So I say be as compassionate to yourself as you would to anybody else or to a child. You wouldn't talk to your child the way that we talk to ourselves. Ourselves, yes. And then it's a negative self-talk. And it's hard to change that perception and really think of the positive of us. And part of it is the brain has a negativity bias. In historical perspective, it protects us. If there's a cave over there and Eric got eaten by a saber-toothed tiger, mm-hmm. we're going to avoid that. That's why we remember the one question on the test that we missed instead of the 99. We replay the negativity. And it's hard. It's hard to change that perception. At UC Health, I teach all the graduate nurse residents a resiliency program because As you mentioned earlier, I'm very interested in compassion fatigue, which is like PTSD for caregivers. Part of it is when you go home at the end of the day, how do you talk? How do you self-talk? And they ruminate, you know, and they share this. They ruminate all the things they could have done better or different or whatever. What I ask them to do, because it takes three weeks to change a habit, and I say, for the next three weeks, when you're leaving the hospital, I want you to say, damn, I'm good. UC Health is lucky to have me. And not ruminate over the negativity, because there's always things we could do differently. And then I make them repeat it. Exactly. So the choices that we make, and when we have a clear sense of our goals, as well as our needs, is it easier both to set and achieve them? Those are the things that I want to talk about when we come back. Because up next, how to align your focus so you can set realistic, attainable goals that will help you feel purposeful and fulfilled. All of that when we come back here on Every. She often repeats over and over that we always need to identify what is our joy, purpose, and meaning. I think that really does relate to goal setting well, because at the end of the day, you kind of have to hone in and target on at the core, what is really our focus? And we can't always focus on all of them, but we have to identify really what is our primary focus. I think that's a really great reminder for me personally, always, because you get busy and you get moving and you sometimes lose sight of what that is. And when you bring it back to the core It does allow you to look forward and identify what are my next steps? What should my goals be? How can I get there? And what's the support or the resources around me that I need to develop or establish so that I can move towards that? And who can hold me accountable? I think that she's done a really great job for our nurse residents of trying to guide that and giving us the space to do that, I think is really valuable. I love what she is saying. Mandy runs the nurse residency program. That's who you were just hearing at UC Health. And she's worked closely with Kathleen, who is my guest here on the Every Woman's Podcast. And as you just heard, Mandy has found Kathleen's advice very, very helpful. Kathleen, let me ask you, because Mandy talks about the importance of having a clear focus when working toward achieving your goals. And you talk about your own goals being things that nourish you. But another way to think about that is finding things that inspire you. That's another way to keep going with that goal, even when you get discouraged. Her quote, and I say a lot, anybody who knows me, joy, purpose, meaning, especially with people who are really busy. So I used to say, oh, that's a great idea. How can I help? And now I experience the power of no. You are smart and talented. People will come and ask you to do things. For me, at this age, if it doesn't bring me 
joy, purpose, meaning, I will say no. If it's not a big yes, if it's not a big yes, because if I'm saying yes to something, it means I'm saying no to something else. So if I'm saying yes to go do this, it's time away from my kids or people whose company I joy or taking that time to nourish me. So when you think about those goals and when you set them, as I said earlier, it has to be for you. It has to inspire you. It has to bring your passion forward. It shouldn't do it because somebody else thinks you should. That is great advice. Joy, purpose, meaning. That is the evolution of me saying every opportunity is not my opportunity. That's perfect. I love the joy purpose. If it doesn't bring you joy, if it doesn't have meaning or purpose, why are you doing it? In this conversation, as we are listening, there are going to be a lot of eureka moments or aha moments from women saying, oh, if it doesn't bring me joy, I'm not doing it. No, there is power in just saying. There's power in no. I will get lots of opportunities. I will say, I'm so honored that you thought of me, but at this time, I don't have the bandwidth to do it or just something that's respectful because you don't want to close doors, Sure. but make choices. Make choices that are right for you. Don't feel the pressure because in our society, you feel the pressure to do more and be more and, and you know, and... and Just let it go. Yeah, that pressure is real. No question about it. Mandy also talked about how you helped her team find ways to manage feeling overwhelmed in stressful situations, which is also an everyday thing for many, many of us. Mm -hmm. What are some of the tips you give the nurses in Mandy's program on keeping things in perspective and staying grounded? One of the most things is figuring out as I say, what renews, re-energizes, repassion. So you can come back the next day. And then the other thing for me is minute meditations is what I teach them. I can say, Gloria, I think you need to meditate 20 minutes twice a day. You're a busy person. You're not going to find time to do that. The minute meditation that I recommend to them is hand washing. So we wash our hands before and after every patient. After I care for a patient, I'm washing my hands, and I do it in the patient room. And I'm breathing in peace, and I'm exhaling calm. And I'm washing my hands. I'm feeling the warmth of the water and the soap. And I'm thinking, I did my best for this patient, and I'm letting it go. Because what we do is we ruminate all the things that we do. And then even for COVID, we were so busy. We had lots of patients. I would still do that. I would take that pause to help reset. And then when the next patient, we wash our hands before there, I'd wash my hands. I want to be open. I want to be receptive. I want to bring my best self to this. Most times for healthcare providers, 30 times a day, they will get a, I call it amped up, stressed up. And then by implementing these minute meditations, they actually help reset from the fight or flight to the rest and digest. Well, in most of us, it's called bodyfulness and mindfulness, especially in healthcare. And now with all of us out there, we get headaches, we get tension in our jaws, we get neck pain and back pain. And so we don't check in with ourselves. And so by the end of the day, we feel like we've done a marathon. And it's because we've surged our bodies with all those stress hormones, those biochemical swings all day long. But our body will just, oop. That's exactly right. Finding yourself being cut off in traffic saying, "Mm -mm, don't respond to Mm -hmm, that. That'll jack up your whole day. (laughs) Do not respond. That's that person's issue. Don't pick that issue up for you. You got enough on your plate. But understanding 
the bigger picture. And that's really what you are talking about and getting them to put down, okay, that didn't happen the way you wanted, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. You are still worthy. I think it's so hard right now, so much pressure to know everything and to perform. The other concept, I talked about the negativity bias, right? To say, don't ruminate over that one thing you did wrong today, or you could have done better. Most likely, it's not you did wrong, but you could have done better. But think about the 99 things you did right. That's not our normal. The Buddhists call it the monkey brain as you lay in bed at night and you ruminate, as your thoughts jump from branch to branch to yes. branch. And it's unproductive. <laughs> it is so unproductive. That's normal. I mean, that is all of us. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. What would you say, and this sounds so easy, but to me it is so hard, What is your definition of success? So that has changed over the years. Truly, my personal well-being is in my definition of success. I know that taking care of me, and I prioritize myself like I haven't. I grew up in the generation, baby boomers, right? Mm -hmm. Money, position, power. It's not that anymore. It's relationships. It's can I make a difference in the world? Can I help the people that I care about? And that's big and small. That's my kids. That's the nurse residents or all the airmen in the Air Force that I take care of and I lead. And the communities, you, the work that you're doing, making a positive impact Mm -hmm. in the communities. It's that joy. You just hit it on the head. That definition of success, if it is not about the relationships that have been cultivated, because every time someone thinks of something I made them laugh at or how I made them feel, and Maya Angelou said it best, people will forget what you say, but they never forget how you made them feel. That piece, you never really die. That essence of you goes and That, I think, is such a powerful message. Absolutely. And I think, you know, growing up in the military, as you did, you go different places around the world and you need each other. You need each other. And so gender and race and all of that didn't matter as much because you were each other's battle buddies, right? You take care of each other's. And I think that's a great message. I want to be a positivity force so we all can have impact. And some of it is treating people with respect and dignity, but also speaking up, right? (laughs) As a leader, I have often chosen the hard right versus Mm -hmm. the easy wrong. Mm. And so much in our world is risk adverse, so people won't speak up (laughs) for good and bad. (laughs) I've always been one of those people that speaks up. You know what? I love you even more. I, too, am one of those people. And it's like, boy, is this the road less traveled. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, But you are so doggone insightful because... I know what I'm feeling when I make that hard right versus the easy wrong, but I could never put it into something that simple. I knew that y'all aren't speaking up because nobody wants to stick their neck out, but we've got real lives on the line here. So speak up. And then either you're ostracized or you feel funny or people avoid you. But in the end, it's bigger than this job because whatever your next is, it prepares you for that. Absolutely. And it feels great, right, to contribute and, as you said, change the world to make it better than we found it. That is awesome. Another person we spoke with is Christine. She juggles a full-time job but is also a professional bodybuilder. And I know that takes a lot of hours. Christine has learned a lot about goal setting in her career, and she spoke with us about how she approaches challenges along the road to achieving her goals. When it comes to achieving your goals, you're always going to experience setbacks. And it's okay that nothing is going anywhere. 
time is actually always on your side. I think that's a healthy mindset to have. It's not something to fear or to think maybe negatively about because it's really just to your advantage. For me, I knew the stage was always going to be there. I had to have surgery to repair a hernia in 2015, which prevented me from competing in one of the largest, most prestigious competitions in the country. And I wasn't able to do it. Rather than beat myself up about it, it was really about focusing on what I could do and what I could control. And that was healing and getting back to bodybuilding and really just honoring that healing process and letting my body heal, not trying to rush it and focusing on the things that I could control, like my nutrition. Even though I couldn't lift the way that I wanted to lift, I could still control my nutrition and be incredibly mindful and strategic about my nutrition, which in the end also is going to help your body heal. Why not focus on the positive rather than focusing and considering it a negative because setbacks are always going to happen. This is so great for several reasons. First, she points out that setbacks are unavoidable, Kathleen, which is so true, and she seems very accepting of that. Second, she explains how she shifts her focus to continue to feel in control by resetting those goals so she can heal. So that employing both the psychological tactic of reframing her situation and being flexible is helping her to achieve that. I'm curious what your thoughts are when you heard her talk. Yeah, I loved it because she was so optimistic and she really didn't let it get her down. She still sounded very positive, even though that sounded like a very important goal to her. One of the things I do think about is what's outside my circle of control or circle of influence? And I've realized that there's only one thing in the whole world that I have full control over, and that's just me right here. Everything else, even as a general in the Air Force, I have influence I can tell somebody to do it, but they can still choose to do it or not. So very healthy in her reflection on that. See, that is so very good because people think, well, you're the boss and you can. No. (laughs) Right. You can order somebody, but they still have a choice. You can either follow these orders or not and accept those consequences on either side. But more importantly, when you give instruction, you want the people to willingly. Absolutely. Do it. When you have achieved as much as you have achieved, Kathleen, there has to be some major setbacks. Share some of that because you didn't get the job, you didn't get the promotion, you didn't get the fill in the blank where you're like, I am the best person. How did this happen? How do we as women handle that kind of what we would perceive on that day defeat? Like most people, I've had my fair share of not reaching the goal or the job opportunity. And so once I had applied for a commander position of an aeromedical evacuation squadron, and that's my specialty, they didn't get back to me. So I didn't even get to interview for the position. And then I thought to myself, well, do I really want to work for the wing commander if that's the case? But I was still very disappointed because it was a very important goal that I had set for myself. Mm -hmm. And then they started a brand new aeromedical evacuation squadron at Peterson Air Force Base in Colorado. And so I interviewed for that. And then I got the job. It was the ability to start a brand new squadron from scratch and just create the environment and the right people to get the trajectory to make a big difference again in the world. But at the time, it's very disappointing. But I always think that that was fate. I wasn't supposed to have that job because if I would have taken that job, I wouldn't have been open to have this one. So in the moment, it's very disappointing. But ultimately, 
it's the right thing for me. But in the moment, it doesn't feel good. You know what? That is so very insightful because the universe has something bigger for you. Absolutely. is a good way to look at that and to temper that disappointment. Be disappointed, but don't be defeated. Oh, boy, I tell you, you are just full of terrific information and positive, for lack of a better word, sayings. I mean, I think it's important (laughs) to have just that in your Memorex, in your brain. I always call it having more tools in your tool belt. And that took growth, too. There's so many years. That's why I love the age that I'm at now, because for COVID, I went and worked parts of the hospital I never worked before. So I'm asking 21-year-olds how to do stuff. I have enough humility and confidence in myself. Show me how to do that. And even with my kids, I realized that there are years that I was suffering, and I wouldn't show it because that's a sign of weakness. That's what I grew up with. So now I can say, you know what? I'm really having a hard time with this. And being able to be that vulnerability, I think I did a disservice early on with the kids of not saying, you know, this is really tough. Can you help me with this? My daughter, she's got such good emotional intelligence that she knows when I need extra loving or let's talk about that. That's awesome. That's worth its weight in gold. She's modeling behavior, and she's now flipped the script, and she's using it on the person she's seen model it. Dr. Kathleen Flaherty, Deputy Director of the CU Anschutz Center for Combat Research, Brigadier General, also the Mobilization Assistant to the Command Surgeon Air Mobility Command at Scott Air Force Base in Illinois. You are also a mom, a wife, a sister friend, an entrepreneur, a life coach, and now you have one more friend in your stable. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor. You are absolutely welcome. Well, I want to sum up Kathleen's top five takeaways for goal setting. They are one, don't let your fear of failure stop you from setting the goal. You can always change it, adjust it, or even reset it. Number two, Start by setting small, attainable goals and build from there. Baby steps, baby steps. Number three, be clear in your focus. The clearer you are in what your end goals are and what you want out of something, the more likely you are to stick to it. That is so true. Number four, take the time for self-care. Since you are solely focused on one thing, you will definitely risk burning out. I'll even go as far as saying you will burn out. You absolutely must put your own mask on first. Number five, find someone to be accountable to, to help you stay committed to that goal. Very, very important. Love that. To find out more about today's expert or access the show notes for this episode, visit us at uchealth.org forward slash every, and that's spelled E-V-R-E. And of course, I'd love to hear from you. You got to let us know if you have questions, whether it's about the episode or even if you have suggestions for future discussions. What about topics, a glow? What about this? Or we want to hear about that. All of those things, you can do that by going to uchealth.org forward slash every. So, Click on the Stay in Touch button at uchealth.org forward slash every, and you can send an email or even leave a voicemail message. We want you to communicate with us the easiest way possible, but the important thing is we want you to communicate. I want to hear from you. I want to know that, oh my gosh, I was just talking about that. Oh, I wondered about that. That's what this is all about. I might be the host, but it is about you, every woman. 
thank you for joining us today. And please do not forget to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Every is produced by UC Health. Thank you for joining us.